0: Welcome to Kolisha, the podcast that gives Orthodox women a voice. Welcome back to Kolisha. I'm your hostess, Rebecca Feldman. This week, I wanted to explore a topic that's been very controversial and politicized. And that is the issue of an all women's volunteer EMS in the from community. So as many of you may be familiar, there is a volunteer EMS service called Ezra's Nashim, which started in Bar Park as a volunteer group of emergency responders with the idea of women helping women, although they are available to help anybody in need. Of course, as you know, the issue of Tineas comes up when it comes to male EMS volunteers showing up to a call for a woman particularly when it's of a more sensitive nature, such as an obstetric emergency or labor and delivery, and especially in the more Hasidic communities where men and women are very careful to limit their interactions in general. So when I first heard of Ezra's Nashim, I thought it was a wonderful idea. So from female healthcare provider myself, I fully support the idea of having more from female medical providers and really what could be better than women helping women, especially volunteering their time and sacrificing so much to do so. But I quickly learned that this was not a simple issue for many and it quickly became a very polarizing and very political topic. But truthfully, it didn't really affect me since I don't live in Bar Park or in Brooklyn, so it wasn't something that I gave a lot of focus to. But that changed recently when I heard a prominent member of Hatsala speak out about this issue. So, of course, Hatsala is the all-male volunteer AMS that's been functioning in virtually all large from communities. And they've been around for many years and they do wonderful work. But this member was making the case that Ezra Snashim is not really needed in our community for several reasons. Um, He said that Hatzalah members are extremely sensitive to the needs of women. They do whatever they can to make them feel comfortable and further he even suggested that having two volunteer EMS operations side by side could be a safety issue and could ultimately result in bad patient outcomes for various reasons. Now as a healthcare provider, this perspective was very concerning to me because ultimately, when it comes to patient care, particularly in emergency situations, the goal, of course, is safety and good patient outcomes. That's really all that matters. And although it would be nice to also have the patient be comfortable, um, and feel uh, well tended to, and you know, modest and all that, ultimately, what's important is that they receive quality and safe care. So what I really wanted to find out was whether these claims had any merit. And to do so, I invited two representatives from Ezra's Nashim, Judge Ruchi Fryer and Dr. Alan Cherson. Judge Rachi Fryer by now is a household name to many in the from community. She's a member of the Hasidic community in Bar Park, and she became a lawyer while raising her six kids, which in itself is a major accomplishment, not to mention a rarity uh, for a woman of her community. But she then went on to make history as the very first Hasidic woman to be elected to public office when she was elected as a civil court judge in November of 2016. She currently serves as a civil court judge in Queens, New York. New York, and she is also the director of Ezras Nushim and one of their volunteers. Um, the second guest I spoke to is Dr. Alan Cherson. He is the medical director of Ezra Nashim. He's been working in the field of emergency medicine for 35 years. He has an extremely broad experience both in the hospital as an emergency room attending physician, as well as pre-hospital in EMS and emergency and disaster management. And he's also been a member of the Woodmere Fire Department for 30 years. I'm really honored that both of these highly accomplished individuals have joined me to speak about this important topic because I think that particularly when it comes to controversial issues, it's so important to hear both sides of the argument. And so I wanted to give Ezra Snashim an opportunity to respond to the earlier allegations. Um, But before I get started, I just want to be clear that I have the utmost respect for any volunteer who gives his or her time and effort and sacrifices so much to help others in need and this is not to be taken as an endorsement for either group each individual needs to do the research and determine what would best suit their own needs in an emergency and really this isn't an issue of Hatsala versus azras nashim but rather how can we try to ensure the best patient outcomes for everybody and on that note i'd like to introduce my first guest dr alan cherson so today i'm joined by dr cherson who is the medical director of Ezra Nashim? And the reason I invited him onto the podcast is because I wanted to have him clear up some of the allegations and some of the issues that have come up with Ezra Nashim recently. So, Dr. Cherson, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. So, Dr. Sin, can you give the listeners a little bit of a background into um, your own personal medical background and how you became involved with Ezra Nashim and why you decided to take on this responsibility?
1: So, I'm a board-certified emergency medicine physician who has also completed a fellowship in pre-hospital care and disaster management. And I've been practicing now for over 25 years. I started out in the field as a EMT and then as a medic. And I have functioned as the medical director for a hospital EMS system, a deputy medical director for the New York City Fire Department, as well as having served as a member of the Regional Emergency Medical Advisory Committee in both New York City and Nassau County where I chaired the committee for a period of time. And being a member of the Regional EMS Council in Minnesota as well. I've been a member of the Woodmere Fire Department for 35 years at this point in time. So I have somewhat of a background in both emergency medicine and pre-hospital care. I was asked by the New York City REMSCO, the Regional EMS Council, if I would be willing to be the medical director for Ezra Smaschim, several years ago and i thought it was a wonderful opportunity to broaden the ems experience to a group of women who were really dedicated to providing pre-hospital care as well as to providing a degree of modesty to women very frequently people of both genders hesitate to call EMS out of embarrassment. They don't want a big show, they don't want all the lights and sirens, and all the attention that goes along with that. And when you're dealing with orthodox circle, women are even more attuned to that because of the concept of smear or modesty. So in my mind, this was a, a wonderful opportunity to provide a service to provide a measure of comfort to people when they are frightened and not feeling well or in pain.
0: So, Dr. Cherson, when you say that, you know, there are barriers to um, people calling EMS uh, because of issues of modesty, you know, what comes to mind most often is obstetric emergencies, of course. are there any other emergencies that that have come up where you found this to be an issue as well? Or is it just really like labor and delivery and things like that?
1: So obstetrics is obviously a, a big piece, but there are other situations where people may be hesitant simply because of the need to do a physical examination. You put a stethoscope on somebody's chest, um, At times, you may have to physically examine or observe the chest, which clearly would be an issue for a male-female situation in any religion. Uh, I've had numerous times in my career where women who were not Jewish had asked if there was a female physician to evaluate them simply because they're not comfortable. And I understand that. I've had the reverse situation as well where a female Providers have come to me and asked me to evaluate a male because they were uncomfortable with a woman doing the exam. So any type of exam where there is close personal contact, which could be just about anything. Imagine somebody who's got trauma to their hip where you would need to examine the hip or the buttocks or if you have to do an EKG on somebody. Those are all situations that can be very difficult trying for people who are brought up in a, a world of modesty.
0: So that makes sense. So are you finding now with, um, with Ezra Nashim up and running that people are calling uh, sort of gender-specific EMS now? Like, you know, if it's a woman with a, a personal... Um, women's health issue, or like you said, maybe they have chest pain and they need an EKG. Um, are you finding that people are more likely to call Ezra Nushim for these reasons now that it's available in the community? I think it's certainly a, a primary driving
1: force in their, their search for emergency medical services.
0: And, um, can you tell me a little bit about um, the, the education background that the Ezra Snotchen volunteers have? Like what sort of training do they undergo and who can become a volunteer and uh, what their experience level is at this point?
1: So I, I can speak to the training. The training is all provided by New York State-approved course sponsors. These are all New York State-approved training courses they receive the same training as any other emergency medical technician in the state of New York. Their experience level, <clears throat> much like in any other organization will vary. You can call uh, for an ambulance, whether it's 911 or Hatzalah or Ezra Snushim. you may get somebody who's been doing this for 25 years. You may get somebody who's been doing this for two years. You may get somebody who is fresh out of training. So the idea that somebody or some organization has more experience than another one really is not germane to the situation because you really never know how experienced the providers are that are going to be responding.
0: So that's kind of like, I guess you kind of just answered uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask specifically about uh, obstetric emergencies, because, you know, I've heard this claim made by a very prominent Hatzala member who said, um, you know, cumulatively speaking, Hatzala has a lot more experience, and, and we know that. They've been around a lot longer, so there's probably going to be some members on Hatzala who have delivered many babies or who have responded to many emergencies, um, more so than Ezra Nashim just because of the scope of their organization and how long they've been around. And so his point was that when it comes to obstetric emergencies, which is one of the major draws of having an organization like Ezra Nashim available, um, he said that, you know, these are the kind of emergencies that can turn critical very quickly. And not only that, but if they do, you're dealing with two patients, right? The mother and the baby. Um, and so really what people's concern should be is to have the most experienced, capable provider rather than someone, um, you know, that makes them feel comfortable or someone of their own gender. So what's your response to that?
1: So there is no guarantee when you call any agency that you're going to get the most experienced provider. The reality is women have been giving birth for millennia, and they have obviously been doing it quite successfully. In the pre-hospital environment, there really is not a tremendous amount that is going to be done for a woman who has a complication other than rapidly moving them to an appropriate medical facility that can manage that complication. Whether it's a breach or anything along those lines, those are not expected to be delivered in the field and the training really is to rapidly transport those patients to an emergency department.
0: So essentially what you're saying is it's more a matter of, of rapid transport than anything that the, the responder can really provide in the field, regardless of, of their level of experience.
1: The experience comes into play knowing when there is a major problem, and the reality is most Women do not deliver in the back of an ambulance. Many do not deliver at home. although well, that is popular for some segments of society. Most women deliver in the hospital. So most providers don't have tremendous amount of experience delivering, and they don't have a whole lot of experience with complications. You're not talking about a obstetrician, who is delivering multiple babies on a routine basis. If in your entire career, you have delivered 10 patients in the field, you've had a very busy career. I would have to say most EMS personnel in the New York area do not deliver that many. There are some who may have, but the vast majority of babies are delivered in the hospital and it's a big deal when they deliver it in the back of an ambulance and you know that usually makes the news but the vast majority are delivered in the hospital and the vast majority of providers don't have a tremendous amount of experience in obstetrics so i've been
0: doing this for 35 years i've delivered 12 babies mm-hmm.
1: all in the hospital
0: wow yeah so, I, so, yeah, so I guess that, you know, the, the odds of someone having a really broad experience, like the equivalent of, you know, obstetrician or something like that, wouldn't really come into play in this kind of situation.
1: True. I mean, there are providers who have delivered more than others. I'm sure there are providers who have delivered more than me. But it's not the average EMT or paramedic. And even if you've done, say, one a year over a 35-year Korea. Uh that's not a whole lot.
0: Okay, so that kind of puts things into perspective in that sense. Um and have have they been finding I, Ezra Snushim is running in Bar Park now, correct? Is it anywhere else?
1: Um it's operational up at Stern College. Okay. And we are working on getting it operational in the five towns and Muncie.
0: Okay. And so have they found um, that women are calling a lot for uh, these kind of sensitive situations, that they're calling Azras Nashim rather than Hatzala because of these issues of modesty? Like, I know this is kind of what the idea was with Azras Nashim, but is that actually what's playing out now?
1: Honestly, I don't know. I don't know that anybody is surveying the women. Why did you call Azras Nashim as opposed to Hatzala? So I, I don't really have an answer to that.
0: Okay. And would you say, like, generally speaking, that the Ezra Snushim volunteers are as capable as another um, EMS service that might show up?
1: I don't see why they wouldn't be. They have the same training.
0: Um, So here's something that I heard recently um, that I wanted to ask you to address. There was an allegation made, uh, I believe it was a Hatzalah member that had written a letter um, to a Jewish publication, saying that um, he had shown up to a situation where there was a patient in cardiac arrest, and it seems like Ezra Nelson volunteers had shown up before him. I guess they had a quicker response time in the situation, and he said uh, he was very disappointed to see that the patient was in cardiac arrest and the Ezra Nelson volunteers had not started CPR. Um, and he said as soon as Hatzalah came in, they took over, they started CPR. Uh, long story short, unfortunately, the patient did not make it. Whether or not that was a direct effect of Ezra Sanashim, uh being there first is unclear. It seemed from the letter he was making an attempt to insinuate that, but it didn't come straight out and say that. Of course, no one can know for sure. Um, you know, a story like that is something that sounds very frightening. It's something that can certainly cause a breakdown of trust um, in the community uh, is this a story that you were aware of? Do you know what happened in the situation? Is there any anything you can tell our listeners about this? Because I'm sure some people have heard it, so you know, I wanted to sort of clear the ear on this.
1: So this is an old allegation, um, probably well over a year. The incident was investigated, and we were unable to substantiate any of the allegations that were made.
0: So there there was no evidence that any of this actually happened or that the story was just like completely made up?
1: Um, how can I say this without violating patient confidentiality? There was a call for assistance. And beyond that, the allegations about the conduct of the members of S.R.S. Nushim can not be substantiated. As far as anybody can determine, they perform their duties exactly as they were trained and in an appropriate manner.
0: Okay. And I understand that you can't elaborate uh, a lot more because of patient confidentiality, but I appreciate you addressing that. Um, And in terms of just the sort of politics and climate around Ezra Snotchen versus Satsala, you know, I, I hate to sort of put it that way because really the The goal it, for everybody should just be the best patient outcomes, and it shouldn't be us versus them. And I personally just have a ton of respect for anybody who's willing to wake up in the middle of the night and go help a patient, regardless. But it seems that there is a lot of resistance from Hatzalah, and you know they, they have been a lo- around a long time. They do wonderful work, but um, why why, in your opinion or or in your experience, is there such a high level of resistance? Like, what what is what is driving that?
1: You know, I, I would rather not speak negatively about anybody. I think that both organizations should be able to work well together. I think both organizations should have the best interest of the patients as their primary goal, and I don't really understand why there is such resistance uh, in the community towards as Snushim or toward women providing pre-hospital emergency medical care. In my well over 30 years in EMS, I've worked with many, many women who do an outstanding job, who are as capable as anybody I have ever worked with, and there is no plausible reason why women cannot do this. It just, I don't know. I, I don't know where the the resistance comes from.
0: You know, there's there was um, an interesting post just recently from United Hatzalah that I saw online. United Hatzalah, of course, is the EMS service in Israel, and Israel. Yes. yeah, they have uh, men and women uh, volunteers, both. And it was it was kind of cute. Yes. They had a, a picture of a married couple who volunteer in the same ambulance, and they were, you know, they they posted it kind of jokingly, like this is a great date night. You know, this couple goes out and volunteers together. Do you think there's the possibility of this kind of model? coming to the United States where men and women can volunteer together and somehow, you know, work it out to just do what's best for the patient.
1: I don't see why not. Uh, I think that would be an ideal situation.
0: Um, is there anything else you would like to share with the listeners? I think, you know, your experience is, is obviously uh, tremendous, and it sounds like Ezeros is in very capable hands. Um, is there anything else you would like to tell the listeners about Ezra Snushim, about your experience, or you know anything you want to share?
1: Just that they're a very dedicated group of women who are well-trained and who are well-led and who have only the, the interest of their patients as their primary goal. I think it's a, a marvelous organization, and I don't see any reason to not provide them with the full support just like we do with Hatsawa. i think they they both have a lot of positives and i think we would be better exploring the positive aspects of what these organizations do as opposed to anything negative
0: got it dr cherson thank you so much for your time and um Truth, truly, thank you for what you do for Ezra Snashim, because you know, as a woman in the community, I, I really appreciate that the service is available, and I look forward to it coming to my neighborhood soon. And I just wanted to thank you very much for giving us this information and um, clearing up some of the issues that have been surrounding Ezra Snashim. Thank you so much for joining me. You're very welcome. So right now I am joined by Judge Ruhi Fryer, who, as many of our listeners know, is responsible for... Um, being the director of Ezra Snashim and sort of starting Ezra Snashim in our community. um, And she was extremely instrumental in getting it off the ground and still functions in a major role in Ezra Snashim. Uh, Judge Fryer, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. So Judge Fryer, can you uh, give us a little background about Um, what gave you this idea to get Aziz Nashim started and, you know, sort of how you approached it um, and how you got it off the ground and running into this uh, fantastic volunteer organization that it is today?
2: Okay, so actually this all started going back to my um, years in law school when it was my dream to be a lawyer and I was really concerned about not compromising my standards. So I made a deal with Hashem that if I can get through law school without compromising my standards, or when Hashem's children need help, legal help, I will help them. a of women who were having a meeting who needed legal help. And they said they were EMTs and doulas, and they wanted to join Hat So I felt that I have this obligation to at least see what this is all about, and try to see if I can help these women. And when I met them, I was very inspired by their mission. I learned that many of them were trained over 30 years ago and that when Hatzalah was first founded, there was supposed to be a women's division. However, that women's division was disbanded right when it started, but the women always hoped and dreamed that they would have a chance to serve. It wasn't until 2011 when the Rebbe in Square had integrated women into the Hatzalah of New Square that the women in Brooklyn were hopeful again that now they'll be able to start their women's division. So they started to have meetings and someone had told them if they wanted to get their project off the ground, they would need to have a woman attorney who would help them pro bono. And I was given, um, they were given a list of women attorneys that were from and my name appeared on that list. And that's how I ended up getting called, meeting them. I was so impressed by these women. I wanted to see for myself who they were. These were not women who were rebellious. These were not women who were from the far left. These were really from sincere women. They were principals of schools. They were from very chash families and they wanted to get this off the ground. And I said, if I went to law school just for this cause alone, it was worth it. I had no idea what it would entail, but I knew that I had to do it. And I did tell them that I was a lawyer back then, and I needed to do my research before I would really get involved with it. I interviewed many women who had experiences, and um, they would only speak to me on the condition of anonymity. And um, the stories that they shared with me and their traumatic experiences that they went through convinced me that this was something very, very important, and I put myself into it 100%.
0: So just going back to something that you mentioned very briefly, you said that there's a women's Hatzalah division in Skver that's approved by the Square Rebbe. That's something I didn't know.
2: Absolutely. This has been going on for even before I got involved. So when I got involved in 2011, the women in have had already been Working as EMTs for a while. So it wasn't something new when I got involved. And I actually met with the square rebbe a number of times, Went with my husband. I wanted to make sure this is something that was really legitimate and something that women actually could do. And the rebbe was extremely, extremely um, influential in convincing me to get involved. However, the rebbe in, in New Square would not do anything outside of his shtetl. So um, I was told that I would have to get rabbanim here locally to help me because he couldn't do anything outside of square. And of course, I respect the rabbi's decision.
0: So, when you talk about um, you know meeting with some women who told you some you know stories that really convinced you that this was a major need in the community, uh, of course, you know they spoke to you under condition of anonymity. I would not ask you to break anyone's confidentiality. But are you able to give any examples? of of stories that you heard and the reason I I bring that up is because um, I recently heard an interview with a prominent member in Hatzalah who said you know the concerns that Ezra Snashim and, and maybe some other women have about uh, you know, boundaries and gender issues and sneeze issues. It just really doesn't exist because all is so sensitive. They try very, very hard to make the women feel comfortable. It's will even allow another woman to ride in the ambulance with them. And, you know, they, he, he, and I'm sure they do go to lengths to make women feel comfortable. So what, what was it that you heard that really made you feel that this was a desperate need in the community?
2: So let me first start off by saying the same way that you and I are created as women, you and I cannot stand up and say that I know how a man feels. It's just not possible. Because there's no way that you can completely say that you or I understand how a man feels and can feel how a So the same way I'll say that, no matter what a man will tell you about being sensitive towards a woman, he will never know how a woman feels. Now, I had spoken to many women who would explain to me what it was like when they either gave birth in their bedroom or in their bathroom, and the unexpected trauma that resulted where they were surrounded by you know, groups of men who were well-intentioned, who were there to help them, but that, that feeling of invasion, that feeling of your whole dignity being compromised, is something that's really hard to put into words. The expression on their face, they're turning pale when they would talk about it, was con- enough to convince me that this is something that's very important. Something that a woman can understand and
0: then so you know my my perspective on this has sort of been because like i've, I've worked uh, in the emergency setting um for a while now as first as an rn and now as a nurse practitioner and you know of course my my main concern all the time is patient safety and i had like just personally um one of my babies was due in the middle of the winter and I remember having this conversation with my husband where we said, look, you know, we have to prepare for the possibility that we might not be able to make it to the hospital because there could be a blizzard, like, in the middle of January. And so we had this thought, like, if that were to happen, what would we do? And I think, you know, what I, what I was thinking was, you know, I, w- I would love to have an ideal situation where my female OBGYN yeah. is available at the bedside. But worse comes to worse, in an emergency, it's like my mind goes to, well, who can I call that's close by that can get here? You know? So when you say that they experience this trauma, was it sort of after the fact that they processed that? Because I imagine that in the midst of an emergency, you just kinda want who can help you. Right.
2: Exactly. And then but you have to understand that you're conscious and suddenly you're 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 hit by the feeling of um, the, the experience the emotional experience of what the woman is going through is something that you're unprepared for. And once it's over, I think it's even more traumatic. It's like post-traumatic stress that the woman goes through. And I'm not going to say the woman experiences, but enough of them do, which makes it worthwhile for us to have our organization.
0: And so now that you're up and running, have you found that women... Are utilizing Ezra's Nashim? I mean, I know it, it's unfortunate, you know, sure. that there's so much controversy, but obviously there's two organizations running side by side. Are the women saying, like, look, I'm having an emergency that's a little bit of a personal nature or whatever? I'm going to call Ezra's Nashim over the other EMS organizations that exist.
2: 100% I myself have delivered a number of babies already.
0: Wow, how many babies have and you I delivered? T- and
2: I can tell you can I know? I don't like to say numbers, but I can tell you each each time that I was at a birth, and we're talking about an emergency birth that's un, unplanned, unprepared for. I would say to myself, like, how can it be that if I wasn't here, it would be a group of from men, um, not doctors, our practitioners, or RNS. We're talking about people who are um, in regular business. And they could be plumbers. It could be real estate brokers. They could have grocery stores, and they have they go through a course of a hundred hours of training, and they're at the you know bedside of a woman who's giving birth. Now, again, I'm not. I want to focus on what the woman is experiencing, and when I've delivered babies, in the bathtub, or, or on the bed, or wherever it may be. And I can see what a difference it has made. I, I can tell you with, with 100% certainty that this is what is necessary. And this is what is needed, especially when it comes to an emergency.
0: So there's there's been claims made by Azala that... You know, cumulatively, there's, there's so much more experience on the Hatsala side of things. Ezra Snashim is a relatively new organization, and it's more likely that if you call Hatsala, you're going to get someone who's more experienced, more capable than if you were to call Ezra Snashim. So how do you respond to an allegation like that? So
2: first of all, I to ask people, why did you become an RN? Aren't there RNs out there who are in practice more than you? I don't know if that's a a response for anybody to undergo medical training or don't go through your training because there's somebody else out there who's done it longer than you. So I don't think that that's a legitimate argument, but let's assume that it is. Anyone who joins the other organizations, they're also bringing in new members. So not everybody has been a member for 30 years. Right. If, if everybody was, it would be in their 60s, 70s, and 80s by the time they, if they're all going to be responding. So you always have new members coming in, and give us a chance. We will get better, and we have gotten already better since we started. I would, I would not come and say that I'm going be out being able as somebody who's been doing it for many years, but I believe we have the of and I've seen it so blatantly and and openly. I've seen the Hashka practice when we've been responding to calls. So that also gives me a lot of chizak that we're doing the right thing.
0: Can you so give me an I, example I, of that? Like when, like when you say you've seen like open Hashkacha practice.
2: Coming home from a wedding and as I'm parking my car, getting a call that someone is, you know, is in labor. And I just like, wow, I just happened to be in the car. Just happened to be before I parked, and just got there just in the nick of time to make sure that we got here in time to deliver that baby. I mean, it just like story after story of like, wow, this member happened to be on call, and she lived just blocks away from the woman who gave birth. So there's just so many situations where, you know, if I didn't believe that Hashem was running this world and Hashem wants us to do this, and we're doing this Shemayim for the and the and the well being of women. I wouldn't be doing it. I have so many other things that I could be busy with and I'm investing so much of my time and spend so much of my time always studying and learning more and bringing down speakers to come meet our women we have so many guest speakers who come and teach us and train us or even having soon a, a paramedic who's from Maginda come and speak to us so we're always looking to enhance our training and we've, we're doing amazing, we really are
0: so why do you think there's so much resistance in the community in general to your services? I mean, sounds like, you know, you guys are growing, you guys are doing good work. Why why is it that there's so much resistance? It's something that I don't understand, and, and you're a little closer to it. I mean, you're a lot closer to it. Maybe you have a better feel about it, of why this is so such a political and divisive issue.
2: So to a certain extent, I think it's just human nature that whenever some, something new comes out, is resistance. And I I like to compare the SSN movement to the Beshakov movement. It was a movement that was started by a woman who understood the needs of women. Um, It was also considered revolutionary. There was a lot of opposition to the Sarishnira um, students, but ultimately she was right that women and young girls needed to have a Jewish education. So I think that's just human nature and the history of Kali that you want to do something good, it's going to be Lafon Tzara There is going to be opposition. The Satan is always going to be there to stop you from doing something good. And, you know, if you just go with that approach, then you just keep on going.
0: And you feel, you know, that your intent is in the right place. So, you know, you seeing the Siata um in your work, I'm sure that gives you a, a lot of chizuk and a lot of... Um, you know, drive to keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely. So Absolutely, 100%. Just, you know, on, on a technical point, what is the, the response time of Ezra Nashim in comparison to other EMS organizations? and How fast are you able to get to calls and, and actually be on scene to help people out? So I want you to know that
2: we were recognized by New York City as EMS agency of the year and New York State agency of the year in two thousand and seventeen and two thousand and eighteen, so we're comparable, if not even better, than some of the other agencies that are out there because we we are we are on call twenty four seven, and many volunteer services are not on call twenty four seven. So we're we're really on par, if not above par, to some of the other agencies, and nobody no agency really goes around saying we guarantee um, a certain response time. That's not the professional way that agencies operate. And in the professional world, we're here to care. I've been volunteering in other agencies for my own experience, in non-Jewish agencies outside of our park, and we, it's not your patient or my patient. It's our patient. So the idea of competition should not exist in, in the world of EMS. And um, it shouldn't be political. It shouldn't be divisive. It shouldn't be any of this. And honestly, I try to. We try to keep ourselves above it. We don't. We don't want to stoop down to any such level. So we're here to really explain why we do what we're doing. I can't. I can't guess why other people are doing things that they should not be doing. All I can say is that. We know, Hashem runs the world, and Hashem has a plan. And in hindsight, I could say, because Hashem wasn't given the red carpet treatment within our community, and we had to go to the outside world of EMS, and what I've learned is that whether it's the health department or or the local um, EMS council, that we had to approach, we got amazing, amazing respect and amazing support. So if I have a question and I have to call any of these governmental agencies, they're so willing to work with us. And I even remember going back, you know, rewinding around eight years ago when I just got started, my first call up, you know, up in Albany was was quite daunting for me. But the person who answered the call said to me, we've been waiting for your call. We read about you women, and we support you, and we're praying for you. Wow. So I think we're creating a tremendous Kiddush Hashem. You have no idea the Kiddush Hashem that we have been creating. You know, like, we're so proud of you. You're like you, religious women. You stand up for what you believe in. You're not giving in to your... You're going for what you... Feel is important I've been invited to speak in different forums and different platforms not all of them in Jewish places and the amount of respect that as has earned has been incredible most recently we were recognized on the floor of the New York State Assembly wow. and we met with assembly members and it was it was incredible for us to see, that in the outside world, outside of our Dalit animals here, we are getting a lot of recognition. And we know that. And and sometimes having resistance just makes a person stronger. You know, Ricky, for many years, people would ask me the same question. Why the opposition? Why the politics? And for many years, I tried to come up with answers. And, you know, recently it just occurred to me that the answer is because this is what Hashem wanted. This is how Hashem had it planned. And ultimately, it made us stronger. It made us smarter. It made us realize that we have to rely on Hashem. And we have to put in a lot more effort. We can't use someone else's infrastructure. So we had to create our own committees. We had to create our own own infrastructure. We had to reach out to doctors to help us. We had to reach out to lawyers to help us. We had to do so much to be a strong enough group in our own in our own right. And I think that ultimately that's the better way. So when we have meetings, it's just us women getting together. When we have to make decisions and vote on issues, it's just us women sitting together as opposed to being a branch from other organization that's run by the men. So I think this is just a Kodesh plan, and I'm basically a backseat driver. I'm just following the signs that Hashem is sending me, and just moving step by step as we go higher and higher.
0: So you mentioned that you were, that as an assumption was given an award two years in a row. That's beautiful, congratulations for that. What sort of did you guys do to earn that award? So
2: every year, the EMS Council of the region and of the state picks an agency of the year. And it was just one year where we got a letter that, you know, based on what you've accomplished, you've been nominated agency of the year for New York City. And then that day are going to recommend us to the state. And a couple of weeks later, we got the letter from the state.
0: That's incredible. Wow.
2: Yeah, we were also honored... Uh, the Brooklyn Borough President was last year was like Women's History Month, and he he picks always a few women to honor every year. And last year, we were honored um, as an agency of the year in Brooklyn. So we've been getting lots of recognition. But, you know, we're, we're just busy responding to calls and, you know, working on recruiting and our education. We don't go around talking about all these awards we're here to help women
0: what yeah i mean i understand that but i think it would be nice to for people to know that you guys are getting all these nice awards and you know that obviously they don't just give them out you know freely you, there's something that you're doing to earn them i think that's that's important in people you know in our listeners uh, understanding that your organization is not just uh meeting the criteria but exceeding the criteria, and I think that's important in helping the community build trust.
2: And then as we grow, and with Hashem's help, as we're able to um, expand our services and, and get our higher licensing, we'll be able to have our own ambulance, and we'll be able to do things that will help us. It will help us provide even more enhanced services as soon as we get that capability. There's something about response time which has to really be understood by by your listeners. So when women have a call for help, many women are very reluctant to call because they know that they're not going to get women, right? They're going to be reluctant to call another service and they may delay calling. Now, they could be delaying for two reasons, kind of two prongs. On the one hand, they're going to say, I'm not comfortable right now where I am if a man's going to see me, so I'm not going to call, maybe I'll feel better soon. Or she might say, I'm not going to call a man because I know that a man can see me if it's b'koach nefesh, but I'm not sure if my condition is b'koach nefesh, so I'm not going to call. And then by the time she calls, either realizing that she has no choice or that it is life-threatening, by the time she calls, so much time was delayed could have been avoided had she called right when she started to feel uncomfortable knowing that a woman is going to come that and that play must be factored in by people who start asking questions about response time when did she call, and why didn't she call sooner
0: that's a good point yeah I think that's important for people to understand sure that um, you know there's there can be hesitancy with the with the women reaching out Um, yeah, so that's important. Thank you for, for telling us that. Um, you know, there, I saw recently from United Hatzalah, which of course is the EMS organization in Israel, that they have both men and women volunteering alongside each other. And I was wondering if you thought that that's a model that could ever work here in the United States, or if you think it's got to remain separate. So interesting
2: that you mentioned Ikhra um, Hatzalah, because when EMS got started, Um, we were very helpful with Hatzalah in encouraging the women there, the Haredi women, to join because now Hatzalah of Israel has a Haredi women's division as does Maginda Vedadom and that was really basically um, stemming from Ezra's Nashem coming to the forefront and yes, there is a way to work side by side Um, I think we could be separate but we could still serve in concert with each other And like I said, EMS is about working together. And when we have calls, we work with other agencies as well, and we can work.
0: Uh, Judge Fryer, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners? Anything we haven't addressed? um, Anything like you know feedback that you've heard from people, or any you know encouraging stories that you want to share with the listeners before I let you go?
2: Well, I could just say that I some thank you letters from people, from the women, um, and even the men who who will say that, you know what, they never realized how important it is until they actually were involved in in the spur of the moment. And I was, you know, talking to my daughter at one point when, she was, when she's in Israel, and she was with somebody who was experiencing an emergency. And over the phone, I was able to speak to my daughter and speak to the woman who was having an emergency and really help her. Um... I have seen the incredible of the by of helping people. That when you're the one to help people, the opportunity will come, whether it's within your own family or with people that you just happen to meet in the street or. I even had a story when I was in court, in in one in one of my courtrooms, that one of my fellow judges had an emergency, and I always keep a set of equipment wherever I go, so I have a set of equipment in my car, so I have equipment in my chambers, and I remember hearing one of my fellow judges having a respiratory emergency, and I just said... I have my equipment in my chambers and nobody knew what I was talking about <laughs> and I just ran to my chambers grabbed my because they, they just didn't understand what I'm talking about my equipment what are you talking about right Right. I grabbed my oxygen tank my O2 tank and as soon as I pulled it out I saw her calm down you just calm people down I think is more than half of what EMS is about because when you keep your patients calm you diffuse the the emergency, and you can be so much more helpful to the patients. And I think that women have that innate capability. I think Hashem freed us with that that maternal instinct that we have. I think it's I think it's such a wonderful opportunity. It's such a great chesed. And anyone who gets involved and participates, will see what I'm talking about. It's just like you just see the sefata of the You 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 feel it. You can't help but feel it. And it has changed me as a mother. I've been able to be a better mother, a better grandmother. I think any woman that has children benefits so much from knowing how to detect uh, an allergic reaction. Is someone having a stroke? Is it, is, it, is it a heart attack? Whatever it may be, it's incredible. You know. And my mother and I, and my mother who took the, we took the EMT course together, both of us have been able to be so, so helpful for my father because of our training. When you do something for others, you're going to find out one day that you're really doing it for yourself. I don't know if you understand Yiddish, yeah, but there's do. an expression in Yiddish, was the right? Mm-hmm. You think you're taking an EMT course to help somebody else? You're going to find out one day that you really helped yourself. It's an incredible opportunity, and as a session, we don't focus on the opposition, we don't focus on the controversy, we don't focus on the politics. We accept it, we know Hashem runs the world, and we've just seen how far we've grown, and we know that with Siatah Deshemiah, we will go further and further and help more women.
0: And I'm so happy that you that you just put it in that context because, you know, so often when it comes to, to issues that are a little controversial or that are new and people haven't gotten used to yet, um, things do become so polarized and politicized. This is one of my pet peeves in so many areas in life, like, you know, the political climate we're in right now and just so many things. It's just instead of coming together and seeing what we can do mutually to create the most beneficial outcomes, instead, people would r- rather focus on, you know, polarizing and dividing, which is very unfortunate. And you know, like I said, when in my experience in healthcare, the the only goal that really matters is the patient, and you know, taking care of the patient, and patient safety, and good patient outcomes, and making sure that you know everyone is focused on that goal rather than trying to create controversy, create friction. Um, and it sounds like you and, and your incredible group of women um, are doing amazing work and that, you know, it's really nice to hear that while other people are maybe trying to, to sort of stir the pot, you're all pretty focused on, you know, you have your eye on the prize and you're focused on just what's what's really important i think that's a very refreshing attitude and i'm so happy that i had the chance to hear it from you and i'm so happy that our listeners will have the chance to hear from you because the the controversy just creates this noise and then it's hard to really see um right to see and hear through all that so um i i just want to commend you on your incredible work you know you're broken some molds and it's really important you know you've undertaken a, a tremendous undertaking here, and it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job.
2: So let me say two more points, which I think are very important. Um, First of all, many times the question comes up of whether or not Ezra Nashim has Rabbanim that give us their haskama. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you that my husband has been incredibly supportive with many, many people and, and getting their endorsements. Now, when it comes to Rabbanim that are more local, who are more susceptible to being um, put under pressure they have asked me to um, keep their identity anonymous so I will tell you that there are local rabbanim who do support us but our Rabanim
1: we respect
2: them Rabbanim are, are, are they are rabbanim because they are Tadidech chachamim, and they are tremendous learners and they can pass the uh, It is. I think it's unfair of me to expect our Rabbanim to get involved in something that's of a political nature and therefore I respect them and I have kept their names confidential. So therefore I want you to your listeners to know that we are working with Rabbanim and we're working with Haskam of Kudoli Hadar as well as local Rabbanim. But I have kept my word and kept their names confidential then in terms of patient care i want to tell you that SRS Nation members are amazing women i am i'm so proud of the women and and even the young girls who are taking the course and want to learn and become future members one of the things that we've come into contact um, or we've came to my, my attention is that while we first started out thinking that emergency labor is going to be our primary call we've gotten many many calls from the elderly population of women, never really realizing that so many of them are uncomfortable also with the way they look, and they prefer having women take care of them. And when we've gone to many of these calls for the geriatric women, we realize that why do we have to wait for an emergency to happen? Why do we have to wait for them to fall? Why can't we just come and make sure that they're taking their medication, that their vital signs are okay, um, that there are no rugs that are going to be in, in their way, making them trip again in the middle of the night? And we started to do these follow-up visits for some of our callers. And we have some members who do this on a weekly basis. And I think this is such a beautiful, enhanced way of, of doing Bikololah which is stemming from the Ezra Stasham calls. So it's it's if you will chesed, Hashem will give you the opportunity. So I'm just so proud of my members who do this, and I want to just like tell them publicly that I'm really very proud of them.
0: I, I think that's certainly something to be proud of, and like you said, it's it's really a, a double ended chesed, not just on scene, but you know with the follow up as well. And um, it sounds like you uh, you and the other Volunteers are doing amazing work, and you know I'm looking forward to Ezra Snashim coming to to my neighborhood, which I think is in the works. Um, and I really, truly appreciate your time. I know that it's extremely valuable, um, but I think it's really important for our listeners to hear from you. And um, you know, in the in the other portion of this uh, interview with Dr. Tursin about the work that you've been doing and um, the incredible outcomes that you've been having, so. Thank you so, so much for joining me, and thank you for the work that you do in the community. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Be well. I hope you've enjoyed listening to my conversations with Dr. Alan Cherson and Judge Ruchi Fryer, and I hope you've learned something new. Ezra Nashim is always looking for donors to help support the work that they do for the women of the community, and at this time, they're having a fundraising campaign where they are looking for monthly donors, which would significantly help their ability to function throughout the year. If you would like to become a donor and support the work that they do, you can visit ezresnashim.org. You can also follow them on Instagram at ezresnashim for important updates and links for donation. And as always, thank you for listening.